Sure. Good. One person. Thank you. Got saw some hands back there. Uh, well, I know people have. They've been sending us messages and commenting and asking for prayer as they go through the storms of their life. And um, so, Matthew, what are you trying to tell me? To your right or my right? Like that? That's not the center of the room. <laughs> I guess I was out of the camera view for those watching online, and I needed to scoot over to the right. So sorry about that, you guys watching. But week one, we talked about being wise and building on a strong foundation, and Jesus is our rock. And then we talked about being confident, and last week we talked about being patient and learning to rest. And uh, today we're going to talk about being brave and rising above uh, the storm. I, I ask all five of our children, I didn't even tell Lisa this, but I asked all five of our children yesterday what was their biggest fear. What was the biggest fear? I got some interesting answers. And uh, three of the five said being alone, being lonely in life, relationships, and even though having family and friends, but being alone was a big fear. Um, but then I rephrased the question and I asked him, growing up, what was your biggest fear? And uh, I'm, I'm going to embarrass Matthew because he's here. Um, but his biggest fear was having to go to bathroom in public without wipes. <laughs> that, that was an irrational anxiety. But it was real to him because of some of the experiences that he had to, to have to go to bathroom at school uh, without wipes was just terrifying to him and, and he wouldn't do it. Um, but I believe that all of us, all of the children of God have some area in their life that is an irrational anxiety. And with that irrational anxiety, uh, we can create storms in our own life. We're going to look a little bit at that today. And then we want to learn how to be brave. And I believe the word bravery uh, is closely connected to faith. You want to write that down and, and kind of look at that as you study through the Scripture, see what Holy Spirit says to you. But I believe that bravery is connected to faith. Let's go over to James, the first chapter, verse 6. It should be on the screen for you in James 1 6 and it's James talking about let me, let me say this Paul tells us a lot about uh, you are saved by grace through faith and no works so your salvation doesn't come through works I believe we've talked about that a lot at Grace Life Church but some people would think that James would be contradictory to that because he talks a lot about faith without works but what we have to understand is what Jesus did for us made, makes us righteous and there's nothing that we can do to work, to earn, or perform to receive salvation. It's a gift, so it's not by works. But now that you are saved, James wants to talk to you about works. Uh, faith without works is dead. In other words, showing your righteousness before men by the works of faith. And then he tells us in James 1.6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. Circle that in your Bibles. Highlight that. With no doubting. 
a lot of times people ask a lot of things of God, but they're doubting when they ask. And here's what that does to you. Talking about irrational anxieties and fears and how to be brave, and bravery is related to faith. And if we don't ask in faith and we're doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. When the winds of life blow in and the waves, have you ever been to the ocean? You can even see on the Canal River when the wind is blowing, it will drive the water all over the place. There will be ripples and waves on the Canal River when the wind is blowing. And so when we ask out with doubt in our hearts and don't believe, then we are like a wave that's being tossed. And if we were a ship in those waves and the wind would blow, in the storm of life, we would be tossed to and fro. And we talked about being confident so that we aren't tossed to and fro. The storms of life, look at me for just a second and, and grab a hold of this. The storms of life really uh, don't test us. That Rather, they teach us. Because God doesn't test his children. Scripture doesn't say that he tests us. Uh, read your Bible and you'll find there's a little ver or a little preposition in there that says that our faith is tested, but God doesn't test us. But he does teach us. I believe that when the boys were in the boat in Mark the fourth chapter and also in Luke the eighth chapter and Matthew the eighth chapter, that Jesus was not trying to test their faith in the storm, but he wanted the storm to teach them something. So if you can get a hold of and, and you will begin to have the perspective that storms aren't to test you, but storms will teach you, then you can learn how to be brave when the next one pops up. Your faith is built up. Is this making any sense to anybody? Because I see a lot of blank stares out there this morning. The real waves, I, I could, this one really makes, resonates in my life and mind. The real waves that take you down aren't the ones that are out there. It's the ones that are in here. I mean, the, if you've got the right perspective in here, if you've got peace in here, then the waves and the winds and the rains out there don't affect what's going on in here. But if the waves and the winds inside are causing you turmoil and strife, then it doesn't really matter what's going on out there that will take you down. You'll take yourself down uh, when you get there. The size of the storm should not diminish the size of your God. In our hearts, in our minds... No matter what we face, when we can begin to be brave to the point that we um, see God as good and big and faithful, no matter what, the bigger the storm shouldn't diminish the size of our God or the size of our faith or what we believe. Amen? John 16.33, go over to John 16.33. As you turn to John 16.33, I'm going to read it in the New Century Version. Uh, I did not say that God sends those storms to you. I don't believe God puts you in the storms of life to teach you a lesson. I believe the storms of life happen, as in Mark, the fourth chapter, it said, and suddenly the storm came up, a ferocious storm. The Passion Translation says, out of nowhere, 
Um, you know, when things happen, when you reports come in that you weren't expecting, and I've been talking about, uh, I'm, I'm weatherproofing my life for the storms of life because when you do receive a phone call that makes your uh, throat drop down into your toes, and you, you don't know whether your children are what kind of condition they're in, but they've been in a wreck. And so weatherproofing and being brave and confident and uh, knowing that you're built on the rock, God didn't do that to our girls. God didn't do to you uh, what puts you in tragedy. A lot of times, like I said, it's the internal storm that makes the external storm uh, a reality. And so God doesn't test us, but he will use storms of life to teach us just as he did for the disciples on the boat. And so John 16, says, now Jesus is saying this, I told you these things so that you can have peace in me. In this world, you will have storms, but be brave. I have defeated the world. So Jesus didn't, he's even telling the disciples that we can apply to our lives he didn't say, I'm going to bring storms and trouble in your life. What he said was, you will have trouble. You will have storms. You will have battles in this world, but be brave. One translation says, cheer up, for I have overcome the world. Here again, I believe that that shows us how the word bravery relates to our faith. If he has overcome the world, and when storms and troubles show up, he's defeated everything that would try to come against us, then we have to take faith, we have to be of good cheer, we have to be brave, believing that, that what he said is, act, is truth, it's reality. He has defeated the world and conquered for us. One of the biggest deterrents to the peace, to the courage, to the confidence to our bravery that we need is anxiety. I, I cannot tell you how often I speak to people, whether they come out and just honestly proclaim their anxiety or it's heard in their voice or seen by their actions, there are a lot of the children of God that have anxiety that is a deterrent to the courageous faith-filled um, confidence that they should have when facing the storms of life. I know we're not perfect. I'm not looking at trying to measure up to anything other than what God says you are and what you have in Him. But a lot of times uh, people are uncourageous or they're unbrave because they just have been taught or they've felt their whole life that they don't have anything in them and they just need some help learning how to tap into the resource that they already have within them to be brave. So when I look at the word anxiety and see it as a deterrent to our bravery, to our faith, to our courage and our confidence, uh, of course, uh, I want to go over to Philippians. Because Paul talks about anxiety uh, in, in Philippians, the fourth chapter. Would you go with me to Paul's writings in Philippians, the fourth chapter? Let me make sure that I have the right reference. Is it Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7? Yes. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Good. 
I have chapter 2 in my notes, but at least I got it right on the screen for you guys. He says, this is Paul writing from the prison in Philippi. He's in prison, and he's writing this, and he's closing out his letter to the church at Philippi, and he says, be anxious for no th nothing. I, I, I said that, no thing, because that's really the play on words that I want to use. Be anxious for no thing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, how do you pray? With thanksgiving. Thank you, God. Help me. Thank you, God. I need you. <laughs> Thank you for what you've done in the past, but I need your help right now. With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. It doesn't make any sense. It, goes, it defies human logic. It goes beyond our comprehensions in our minds, so we have to grasp it in our spirits. It's a peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense that when everything around you is chaotic, that you have peace on the inside of you. So let the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Can you imagine Paul's writing from prison and he said, let the peace of God that passes all understanding and he looks around and he sees this humongous guard standing at the entrance of his prison cell and he said, let it guard like this big guy standing at the gate won't let anything in to get me or won't let me out, let, let it guard your heart. In other words, God wants to give you so much peace that nothing else can get in to you that will cause you to be anxious. And because he started off this with be anxious for no thing. The Greek word here for anxious or anxiety is merminate. Marinate. It sounds like marinate. So Pastor Stephen Furtick said that he used a word association with this Greek word, and he did say marinate. That's how he remembered it. It's really marinate. Marinate. Marinate is how you say it in the Greek. Because what you marinate in will cause you to be anxious or be at peace. The longer you let something soak into you, it's either going to bring peace or anxiety. And if it's bringing anxiety, then it's going to get you all up in a knot. Merriment And so when we let the anxieties of life get us all up in a knot, here's what it really means. It means to divide and fracture a person's being and to be drawn in different directions. That's what a storm does. When you're on the waves of the sea and there's a storm going on one minute you're up and one minute you're down and then it throws you over here and then it throws you over there that's what anxiety does to you it pulls you in different directions and it fractures your peace and it disturbs divides you the idea with this word in the Greek is total distraction distraction from the peace the internal waves that are causing you to be anxious for nothing, tell your neighbor you're being anxious for nothing. Those internal waves that are causing us to be anxious are pulling us apart. They're distracting us. Listen to this. They are distracting us 
from the course of abundance that Papa has navigated for us, that he has charted out for us. See, God has charted in his goodness and in his grace and his mercy for his children, he has charted out a plan for you. He has charted out a life full of abundance. And you don't have to wait till you die to get it. But if you're anxious and if you're being distracted and you're being thrown here and pulled there, I told Lisa yesterday when she got home from work, I said, I've been home all day. She said, that's good. That's good for you because I'm usually here and there and everywhere and over there and doing this and taking care of that. And yesterday I spent four, almost four hours ironing clothes. Just listening to YouTube music and ironing clothes. And I enjoyed it. That was relaxing to me because now all of my shirts are ironed. I don't have to pull them out when I'm going to wear them and iron them that day. I'm not being pulled. In another, I just rested, relaxed, and studied. But we have so much going on in our lives. You know, whether it's running kids to all kinds of practices and rehearsals and school functions or whether it's you keeping up with your job and your social life and everything that's going on. And you, do you know that your yes to this is automatically a no to something else? And that brings anxiety in our lives. I mean, a lot of us keep... We, we've got these phones that we keep appointments and everything that's in. I'll even put them in here and still forget. But there's so much going on in our life and we're really anxious for nothing. It's really at the, the end of all of it, it's no thing. Let's kind of talk about that for just a second. Go to Romans, the eighth chapter. Romans 8.31. Because remember, I'm playing on this word, be anxious for no thing. So Paul tells us, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If you're going to be brave, you have to come to the realization that in all things, God is for you, not against you. And if you know that God is for you, then who in the world can be against you? That ought to make you brave. Then he continues in verse 37, Yet in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us. So if in every situation and everything that you face and every storm of life, God is for you, who can be against you? And if in all of these things we are more than conquerors, which means he won the victory for us. Remember John 16, 33, he's already defeated the world. So that makes us more than conquerors. We should be brave in the fact that he's never against us, that he's for us, and that he's already won the victory, making us more than conquerors. But you have to have a mind shift. You have to change the way you think about the storm before you get into the storm. It's a good place to say, Amen. Yes, I do. Verse 38, he says, For I am persuaded. Paul was persuaded, and he wanted to persuade us that in all of these things, God is for us, not against us, and that we were more than conquerors, and that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, be anxious for no thing nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, 
So right there he gives you a blank. He lists all those other things, but then he just says any other thing that was created in all of God's creation shall be able to separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. That ought to make you brave. Hmm. But the waves that we are causing ourselves because of doubt and unbelief. See, there's a lot of believers in the house that are full of unbelief. You, that doesn't make sense. Well, you believed unto salvation, but you still have a lot of unbelief about who he is and what he's told and said about who you are. And so the waves that you are causing yourself, the anxiety that is leading to the storms of your life are caused by a few things. Can I give, them, give you just five of them? I'm sure there's others, but I believe that if we look at this together, the words that you speak are living, are framing the world that you live in. A lot of the storms that you are in, Kathy, right? I know you're a word girl are because of the words that we speak. You're not having problems at work. You're stressed out because you got up late and you didn't get dressed in time and you didn't have your clothes laid out. Then you got in traffic and you were stressed out before you got to work because you said in all of that, this is going to be a bad day. So you set the precedent and tone for the whole day before you ever got to work and work's not the problem. It's the words you spoke before you got to work. Because the words that you speak will frame the world that you will live in. So the words that you speak can either help you be propelled through the storm or will cause you to sink in the storm. A lot of the things that are the storms that we are in, I don't believe that God put us in them. A lot of times I don't even believe the devil did it because he doesn't have enough that much power over my life. Unless I give him confiscated weapons. It's because of the words that I speak. Your approach. Do you remember the story? We've been using it of the guys in the boat and Jesus is asleep and they're swamped and they're trying to bail out all the water and the sail's been torn in two and they're going down for the last time and they frantically run over to Jesus and they shake Jesus and they say, Master, don't you care for us? We're dying. It's not that Jesus doesn't want you to approach him in the storm of life and ask for help, but it's how you approach him. You're in storms of life, and if your approach is, Master, don't you care? I mean, who's cared for you more than you're in your life than even you've cared for yourself? The approach that the disciples had, and I'm not downgrading them because we've responded the same way in our trouble, and see, I know, I know that desperate measures in desperate situations will cause us to do desperate things. I, I understand that. But if we can get to the point with our faith that our approach is different, some of the waves and the winds that are distracting us and anxiety that's rising up in us is because of the way that we approach things. If your approach is one with anxiety and the words full to, filled with grief and distress and uh, anxiety towards the situation you're creating yourself more and more internal waves internal storms the words that you speak the approach that you have the voices that you listen to uh, I believe that one of the most dangerous things that ever happened was 24 hours a day seven days a week news 
a lot of things were going on that we just didn't know were going on before. But now, if something, if somebody sneezes, you know, over in the Middle East, we it's it's on the news and there's ten cameras there. Uh, and I'm not downgrading journalists, and I and I believe that we that there's news that we need to know. But I'd rather have good news than bad news, wouldn't you? But as my brother-in-law Fred says, it's bad news that sells. That's what gets the gets on the news most of the time. Jeremiah 49:23 it says about Damascus that Hamath and Arpad are troubled for they have heard bad news and their hearts have become weak they are troubled like the sea which cannot be quiet what did they hear they heard bad news and when they heard the voice of bad news it caused their heart to be troubled and it began to be like a sea that cannot be quieted. But Jesus himself said to us, let not your heart be troubled. How do we not let our heart be troubled? We listen to his voice and not the voices of CNN and MSNBC and Fox News. The words that you speak, the approach that you have, the voices that you listen to, your expectation. What are you expecting? Because I have found out in my life, normally what I expect is what I get. And the boys on the boat were expecting to die. Did you hear it? That's what it said. Master, don't you care for us that we are dying? They were expecting to die on the, the boat in that storm. Many have died internally before anything externally ever killed them. Because they've let the pressures and the anxieties of life put them in such a knot that they've got ulcers, they've got health issues. Do you know anxiety leads to health issues? Migraines, headaches, blood sugar issues, blood pressure issues. I mean, it's a scientific fact that anxiety can do these things to you. And, and really, the definition in itself tells you that it will put you in a knot, it will fracture you, it will divide your you're physically it will divide your cells to keep you from healing properly if you're in anxiety and so a lot of people have expected to die from certain things that they would should have never died from and then eventually died from that because they had an expectation to die and i believe this is one of the biggest ones that calls us storms in our lives and anxiety that leads to those storms and that's shame guilt and you know who's been the worst about putting guilt and shame on you the church i mean you come sunday morning in and sunday morning out and there's guilt and condemnation put on you do you know there's a difference between condemnation and conviction Conviction will always lead to a change of heart and a change of mind, and it's the Father and His goodness telling you, son and daughter, I've got better for you. And then because of that, you change your mind and you go after that better. But condemnation will put guilt and shame on you. It will cause you to lose sleep. It will put anxiety on you. You'll be worried that you're not good enough. You'll be worried that what you did in the past defines who you are now and that you don't have a future. I mean, shame and guilt are some of the biggest things that deter people and distract people from the peace of God and the unbelief that they have that leads them from asking outside of faith. 
in these internal storms that cause us to be dashed against the rocks, we, uh, we, this is what Jesus says. Mark 4 from the Message Bible, verse 40. In these internal storms that cause us to be dashed against the rocks come from what Jesus says. Here's what he said. Why are you so coward? This is the Message Bible. Don't you have any faith at all? See, these guys have come from the feeding of the 5,000. They've come from uh, miracles and signs and wonders, and they still don't have any faith to believe that he is who he said he is, that he is the master of the sea. Here's where I draw my conclusion that faith and bravely are closely related. Because if you have faith, then you're brave. It is, braver, it is brave to have faith. It is brave to have full confidence. It is brave to have total reliance upon Jesus. Now the world would look at us and make fun of us and laugh at us and say it's just a crutch. No, I believe it's brave to have full trust and reliance and confidence in the master of the sea, the one that calms the seas and the storms around us. So when the waves and the winds, the rains and the floods come creeping into your life, uh, how can we be brave in facing them? Do, do you believe that life is full of uncertainties? Have you ever experienced that life is uncertain, that you not really don't know what's around the next corner? Some of our motorcycle friends that were out riding yesterday and enjoying the weather turned a corner and when they turned the corner an individual was going at a high rate of speed and ran them off the road and four of them are in the hospital and two of them are critical right now but they that was they that was an uncertainty they had no idea that that was going to happen daily situations that are beyond our control put us at risk for disappointment and failure and regret and so for most of us bravery is not about staring death face to face but it's about finding courage to face the everyday situations how do I navigate my finances how do I work out the transportation issue how do I navigate through this relationship this marriage the uh, raising my children parenting and sibling rivalry how do I face those pressures and those anxieties that life would throw at us so I gave you five things that internally will cause you to create a storm in your life, let me give you five things that will help you to brave the waves. And then we'll wrap it up. You ready? Breathe. My dad used to do a skit at youth camp. And he would have someone interview him. And he was a boxer. And he'd put on all the boxing gear and black his eye. And he'd be, he said, the interviewer would ask him, what's the key to boxing? And my dad would, Breathe got to breathe because if you don't breathe you die you got to breathe now people say they're the breath of God yes I'm not trying to be super spiritual about it but just take a deep breath pause and breathe you know a, a lot of the Jews have tried to uh, teach us that even in the word Yahweh there is breath the way that you would pronounce the name of God with no vowels in it would be the N was Yah and then the Yahweh. Yahweh. Every breath is a prayer. 
reminding you that he is inside of you, sustaining you. Here comes the waves, so breathe. If you're going to be brave, brave you've got to breathe. Breathe in his grace and breathe out your praise and your thanksgiving. And in your breathing, ask. First, you've got to remember. Remember, when you're breathing, may it trigger something in you that causes you to remember the goodness of God. David did it when he faced Goliath. He had to remember what God helped him to do with the bear and the lions so that when he faced the next storm in his life, he recalled the goodness of God. And then we ask, God is not afraid of your request. Matter of fact, James tells us in the first verse or the first scripture that we read in James 1 6 that when we ask, we ask with faith. So make your request known to God. Help me, Lord. I need you, Lord. I'm reminded of what you did in the past, and I believe that you want to help me again in this situation. If this is one of the biggest things right here that will help you to be brave. This is something that Kim Lane gave to me when my girls were going through uh, the, the initial reaction and outcome of their wreck. It's you've got to visualize. You have to use your imagination. You know, Paul didn't say casting down every vain imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God if we didn't have an imagination to use. Use your imagination, and in your imagination, visualize yourself standing strong in the storm. Visualize yourself coming through the battle. Visualize yourself as whole, well, healed, financially fruitful, financially stable. See yourself. Visualize it. Open up your heart and your mind. It's a good way to begin to be brave. I mean, I believe that faith has a lot to do with if you can see it, you can be it. Frank, if you guys will come. See him walking on the water to you. See yourself walking on the water above it. The calming of the storms and the winds and the waves, you have to visualize it. And last, I believe that you have to elevate. Breathe, remember, ask, visualize, and then elevate. Barometric pressure, or it's also called atmospheric pressure, describes the weight of the air that is around you. And so the higher the altitude, the lower the pressure. Am I right, Jows? So the higher we go, the less pressure there is. Get up, wake up your faith, and rise up. See, to be brave, we have to rise above the storm. But if you're going to allow the pressures of life to affect you, you will stay in a storm. It will diminish your faith. When we can learn to visualize, see yourself above the storm. The eagle flies way up. He gets up over top of the storm. Why? Because there's no pressure that would pull him down if he was in the storm. 
I believe if that is something that is very encouraging right there. Something that is weighing heavy over your life. You can't make it any less heavy. You can't take away its pressure, but you can get higher in your perspective. If you will get higher in your perspective of the things that are going on around you, you will, have, you will be so brave in facing the battles and the storms of your life. But see, we've, we've tried to teach it here a lot. I can remember sermons like, you are, you are seated in the heavenly Christ. Where, where is that? The heavens are far above. And you are already seated in that high place. And, and what anxiety would do is it would pull you down the, into the pressures, the discouragement that would come, the anxiety that would come, the depression that would sneak in on you. You have to remember that you are already seated in heavenly places and the higher the altitude the lower the pressure. I have found it to be true in my life that when I'm low, when I'm discouraged and despondent, whether over anxiety or just the pressures of life, that I feel like the world is closing in on me. That when I can pray and get myself... You know, I'll just be real honest with you. One of the things that helps me is worship. If I can get lost in the praise and the worship, I can put my ear pods in or I can turn it up real loud in the car and I can just begin to worship. That worship begins to elevate me. And when I get lost in His praises, I'm breathing in His grace and I'm breathing out His praise, then I get real brave. I get real brave. I've heard a lot of terminology, well, when you're under the anointing. Well, what I believe it really is is just getting yourself the altitude above the situation because the higher the altitude the lower the pressure stand to your feet if you would with me all over the building what pressures are closing in on you what has been going on what are you irrationally anxious about today that's causing fear and strife and not causing you to soar and you feel swamped and the anxiety is causing the storms inter internally. This morning, can you rise above that in your worship? Can you rise above that? The higher you go in your mind, in your perspective, the less the pressure will be. It'll take all the pressure off. Go ahead, Frank.